Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast, the only podcast that your doctor would not recommend a high dose of. I'm your host, Tanner Rain Hirsch, and uh, I haven't really posted an episode in a while, and a lot of stuff has come out recently, so we've got a little bit of catching up to do. So for this episode, I'm going to be talking about two movies for the free price of one. These movies in question are Good Boys and Ready or Not. So, let's get right into it with Good Boys, a new movie by Seth Rogen and the other people you've never heard of made movies like Superbad and Sausage Party. Knowing that going into this movie already had this expectation of being super raunchy, and that is certainly the case here, but what separates Good Boys from other movies like it is that it isn't as low-brow and mean-spirited as other comedies have done in the past by the same group of people. This film actually shows a little bit more maturity than something like Superbad, which is ironic since the stars are literally sixth graders. The movie itself follows three tweens, Max, Thor, and Lucas. Each has their own defining characteristics, and we're really just one characteristic each because... When back when we were all in middle school, our tiny, dumb kid brains could only hold so much personality. Max is hopelessly in like with one girl. Lucas is about is all about following the rules, and his parents are also getting a divorce, which pretty much occupies his every waking thought. And Thor wants to pursue singing, but feels peer pressure by class bullies to take a sip of beer. Uh, We've all been there, kid. With this kind of setup, you get the classic and simple dynamic between the characters that, while used a thousand times by now, can still be fresh when you update the humor to reflect the audience. Each of the boys wants something different, and at any given point, and that's where you get the core internal conflict of the movie. Even though you have similar interests with your best friends, you still want to pursue something you want which can inevitably lead you on different paths than your friends. The goals are simple for the boys. They're going to a party where there is definitely going to be some kissing and beer going around. And I mean a beer. And trust me, when I know those things are going to be at a party, like smooching and a beer, that's enough to get me kind of worried. So like I said, simple, yet very high stakes. Max wants to kiss the girl that he likes. Thor wants to prove that he's tough by drinking four sips of beer, a feat that I struggle with personally. And Lucas just wants to everything to stay the same and wants to keep a little bit of order in his life because of the divorce and reluctantly goes to the party. But none of them know how to kiss, so they end up spying on their high school neighbors to try and learn how to kiss with a drone that belongs to Max's dad. But when the drone gets taken, and with the threat of grounding, and much worse, zero knowledge of kissing, the boys set out to right their mistakes any way they can, which mostly involves stealing sex toys and sex dolls for their schemes. The movie is hilarious, and most of the comedy stems from the lack of knowledge and misinformation that the boys have, which 
inevitably leads them into even more trouble. It has some of the raunchiest humor I've ever seen, which does involve kids messing around with anal beads and using sex dolls that end up being kissed, which is really as gross as you think it is. But despite that, where I think this movie is more mature than other comedies is the fact that it's about maturity itself. The boys do some crazy stuff like buying weed at a frat house and running into freeway traffic. This leads to embarrassing moments involving their own insecurities about sex and also injuries like dislocated shoulders and black eyes. After they go through these ordeals, it makes each one of them realize that things went way too far and they reevaluate the things that they want. By the end of the movie, the boys come to the realization that they don't all want the same thing and come face to face with the fact that they may drift apart as their interests grow and change. But they also realize that even when that happens, their bonds are still strong and their time together is as important as anything else. Which is a nice way to look back on your own embarrassing childhood and embracing and cherishing those moments. While also accepting change, which is what growing up is all about. So, a little bit of a quick review on that one, I understand. So, now let's get over to another movie that's been out for a while. And I know by the time this podcast has come out, these movies have been kind of out for a while, but uh, there's something I think is worth talking about and noting upon on all three, or all two, that don't really need to go into huge discussions about. Now, let's take a movie that looks up another important part of growing up, and marvel at this amazing segue that I have set up. Ready or not. This movie is about a woman named Grace, played by Amanda Weaving, who is, what I found out during this movie, is the niece of Hugo Weaving. But, unfortunately, she doesn't have any cool lines like, Mr. Anderson. That's a Matrix joke. And uh, I think I did it pretty well. So, anyway, Grace. She's marrying her love, Daniel. But this makes her nervous because it means marrying into her impossibly rich family, the Lidomas? Lidomas family? I don't know. They never really say it out loud too much, so I never really got how to pronounce it. Anyway, after the two are wed, she is made to play a game of hide-and-seek with the family. Unbeknownst to her, though, is that the family plans to hunt her down for their own nefarious purposes. Now, I don't like horror movies so much, because a lot of them, at least from when I was growing up through the late 90s and the 2000s, either relied on gory torture porn like the Saw movies, Freddy Krueger, or Friday the 13th, or supernatural possession movies like Paranormal Activity or whatever Annabelle is about. Most of these movies end the same way. A bunch of people die in horrible ways for shock value or for kind of dark comedic purposes. And our surviving hero narrowly escapes and stops the threat. But all those movies prove that if it has the power to be a franchise, the threat is not really stopped. And eventually our hero dies a meaningless death in a sequel. Sometimes not even after. They don't even get that. They die at the end of their own movie. 
But in the last 10 years or so, I would say, we've seen a real resurgence of horror movies in terms of quality. I believe this started with the movie Cabin in the Woods back in 2011-2012, which deconstructed the whole formula of horror movies up to that point. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should see that movie, because Cabin in the Woods makes every horror movie you've seen before that, and up to that point, utterly meaningless to watch. Now, we get movies like Get Out, Us, and It Follows. Movies that really capture everyone's imagination, that are near masterpieces, that either have something really deep and meaningful to say, or have interesting characters and interesting dynamics. And instead of trading in shock value and gory details, it's more about the menace of what's going on and the sheer dread that the audience feels for their main characters. Turning it into more psychological thrillers than anything else. Even our schlockiest and goriest movies have changed by leaning into the absurdity of it all and not taking itself too seriously, like The Purge or Happy Death Day. Ready or Not follows somewhere in the middle of these movies, with the characters aware of the absurd nature while also keeping the tensions high. It doesn't mix as perfectly like Get Out or Cabin in the Woods. There aren't as many tense moments in this film when I feel like it could have. But what this film does do well is make you care about Grace, who is our main protagonist. And you need a protagonist who is right there with the audience, who learns things at the same time as us, and does what we would think we would do in the situations. She never does anything stupid that would make us scream at the screen and go, don't you idiot! Or... Don't go in that room, or why would you wear that dress, wear sneakers? I don't know. I, I, I was screaming a lot, mostly about fashion choices by everyone. She witnesses what the family plans to do with her, and her new husband, Daniel, explaining that the family tradition, but wants to save her from this fate. She reacts, as I believe any of us would, Every move she makes, we understand her thought process. At one point, she is trying to get out a window and to escape, but decides against it because it would draw attention to her. And all of this is done non-verbally, which is the result of great acting and competent directing. I found myself thinking, okay, well, now you should do this. And then she would be doing that. There would, of course, be unforeseen complications, which makes you go, oh shit, in your head. Now, the few tense moments, sorry, I can't speak. (laughs) Uh, The few tense moments there are in this film do come a little bit later, which involves Grace putting herself through unavoidable bodily harm in order to escape an obstacle. The thing that adds to those tensions is that even when she's hurt, she can carry on painstakingly slow, which is carried out by Grace methodically rather than a plot contrivance. I'll give you an example. One point in the movie, she's shot through the hand by one of the family members and then is falls down 
into some type of ditch, and the only way out is this rickety ladder. She goes up the ladder, but it's ricketing, it's going all over the place, and there's a chance it might fall. She's climbing slowly up, she only has one arm to do it, and then as she's going up, it's about to fall, so she has to use her hand that's been shot as a way to grab onto the ledge. When she does this, we see that there is a nail, not pointed side up, but a protruding nail in the ladder. And because she can't see and because she needs to grab onto something really quick, she grabs onto the ledge with the nail going through her hand. Again, it's not the sharp end of the nail, and it goes through the actual hole in her hand. It really is as gruesome as I imagine it, but it adds to that tension, and you're right there in that moment. And that's a sign of a good movie when it can really suck you in. And, but, it pays off because she's able to escape the situation that she's in. And I know it might be that I'm giving away a detail, but there's so much more to that scene as far as some comedic moments and also some terrifying revelations in that moment. So I don't want to give too much away. Now, Grace's awareness and ingenuity and determination is what makes her a great horror movie protagonist. Action movies make the mistake of making so many of their heroes near invincible, while horror movies instead show you the vulnerability of its heroes. What a lot of the horror movies are doing now is combining some of the attributes of both kinds of heroes, showing that they are capable yet vulnerable. One example is that in the movie Get Out, the main character, Chris, after going through so much ordeal and is captured, minor spoilers for Get Out, but seriously, if you haven't seen that yet, what what are you even doing? But at the near the end of the movie, he starts fighting back, which is something I've noticed in a lot of these films, including It Follows, Us, and a lot of the other movies, even Cabin in the Woods, the main characters start to fight back, and there's kind of a vindication against some of these horrible characters that have been inflicting death and doom, and it makes it really satisfying. And that's one of the things I can say walking away from this movie. The ending is extremely satisfying. And all of the other movies I've mentioned before in recent years have added the element of the hero fighting back instead of the hero, heroine or hero narrowly running away in time. The other characters in this film do a good job of personalities bouncing off each other, which adds to the internal struggle of the family which is both done for comedic effect because it relates to old family squabbles, but also to inform us that each of the family members' motivations for going along with this game. This all leads to an inevitable conclusion to this film that is, like I said, incredibly satisfying that instead of trying to pull the rug from under you and the audience's feet, and there is a moment where I feel like, oh no, I don't know how this is going to end... It rewards them instead of giving a vindication into the villains. Let me explain. There's a point in this movie where we as the audience and Grace get a vindication 
and the villains realizing what it was all for. Which is all I'm going to say about the ending. But I hope that if you do see it, this creates a little bit of context for what I'm talking about so you can appreciate it a little more. Like, I love it when villains realize that they were wrong. And that's that's all I'll say right there. Uh, but that luckily, that does not give away the ending to this film. So it does make it really worth it. So that is where I'm going to end today's podcast. Um, I know like it was kind of short, did things a little bit out of how I usually do things. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I posted a podcast. I've been experimenting with, uh, a few things like on YouTube, posting some videos on there, um, which you can check out at my YouTube channel, Tanner rain, and I only have a few stuff on there, but I'm going to be posting uh, edited game clips from some games that I'm playing that I think can actually be really funny with my commentary. And not streaming yet. I'm not that desperate. <laughs> um, but I think these are just uh, fun things to share, and I want to share it all with you. So you can check out for that. I'm going to be posting a few different kind of videos this month. Uh, more about some TV and video game reviews, because honestly, there aren't a lot of movies coming out in the month of September that I'm really looking forward to. So I'm going to try and make it up with a few other different kind of reviews. So look out for all this uh, new stuff that I'm going to be putting out. And uh, if you can, and if you want to support it, just... Uh, you know, you know how to support things on the internet by now. I don't need to tell you to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, just go ahead and just watch it, talk about it. And, you know, if you want a suggestion or if you want to talk about certain movies and stuff like that and you want it to be part of the podcast, go ahead and message me. I'd, I'd love to get other people's opinions on the podcast about different things. So don't be shy. I don't mind at all. So that's where I'm going to end it today. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next time.